The Epidemiology of Vertebral Subluxation. This is Matthew McCoy. All too often, chiropractic is criticized as an unscientific discipline, lacking empirical research to validate the assertion that vertebral subluxations have an adverse effect on the human nervous system, on general health and well-being, and by extension, society as a whole. It is the extension to society as a whole where subluxation has been theorized to have its most detrimental effects. If this is true, then this is also where its elucidation holds the greatest promise for influencing and affecting communal expression. The systematic study of the epidemiology and global burden of vertebral subluxation should be carried out by individuals and groups with a worldview towards chiropractic that is consistent with the theory that subluxations pose a hindrance to the fullest expression of life. The results of this type of research can then be used to drive policy not only in healthcare, but in education and other socio-cultural arenas. The epidemiology of vertebral subluxation. It is a well-entrenched belief within the community of chiropractors who practice the clinical science and art of locating, analyzing, and correcting vertebral subluxations that vertebral subluxations are in and of themselves a detriment to the fullest expression of life and as a result are a significant public health threat. This threat includes the widespread belief among certain segments of the chiropractic profession that vertebral subluxations lead to increased morbidity and mortality, and that it represents a serious burden because it affects a large proportion of the world's population. Indeed, some go so far to suggest that everyone is susceptible beginning at an early age. Additionally, it is a long-standing philosophical tenet of the profession that vertebral subluxations develop as a failure of the body to adapt to physical, chemical, and emotional challenges. Global burden of vertebral subluxation. One of the premises in this whole discussion is that vertebral subluxation is in fact a pathophysiological process that can be measured, quantified, and characterized. Given this, vertebral subluxation also has an epidemiology. It has rates of occurrence, distribution, determinants, and incident rates. Because of this, it is possible to relate the incidence and prevalence of subluxation to such things as genetic and environmental factors. Unfortunately, the chiropractic profession has not systematically studied the epidemiology of vertebral subluxation by collecting and analyzing the necessary statistical data. While some attempts have been made in chiropractic as well as osteopathy to determine the prevalence of vertebral subluxation and somatic dysfunction, a great deal more needs to be done. Minimally, the chiropractic profession has not studied how many people have vertebral subluxation, who gets specific types of subluxations, and what factors such as environment, occupation, family patterns, and personal habits such as smoking and diet play in the development of vertebral subluxation. A multitude of internal and external factors have existed to thwart the profession from engaging in such a systematic study. These include internal cultural issues within certain factions of chiropractic where research and science are not valued as they should be, and they include factions with chiropractic worldviews in which subluxation is not viewed as a pathophysiological process. External factors include the historical struggles the profession has faced in regards to legitimization, licensing, insurance equality, the AMA boycott, and a host of other issues that vied for scant resources. However, these factors can no longer be used as excuses for developing and implementing the infrastructure needed to elucidate the epidemiology of vertebral subluxation. The profession has run out of time to answer these questions.
operational models of vertebral subluxation. In the now famous McDonald's study, 687 randomly selected chiropractors in the United States, Canada, and Mexico were surveyed in 2003. The report revealed that in spite of differences in scope of practice, such as broad scope, middle scope, and focus scope, adjusting technique and philosophy, as a group, chiropractors are surprisingly homogenous. In particular, 88.1% agree that the term vertebral subluxation should be retained. 89.8% state that adjustments should not be limited to musculoskeletal conditions and rate the subluxation as a significant contributing factor in 62% of visceral ailments. Despite the widespread agreement on fundamental issues related to vertebral subluxation, some detractors still argue that vertebral subluxation cannot be measured directly that there is no agreement on a definition of vertebral subluxation, or that there are too many different techniques within chiropractic to conduct large health outcome studies. However, this is simply not the case. The notion that there is no agreed upon definition of vertebral subluxation is false. Common to all models of vertebral subluxation are two components. Number one, a neurological component, such as dysautonomia and dyspinesis. Number two, a biomechanical component, such as dyskinesia, kinesiopathology, and misalignment. The notion that the subluxation cannot be measured using valid and reliable means is also false. The following are just some of the objective, valid, and reliable outcome measures for the biomechanical component of subluxation. X-ray, video fluoroscopy, MRI, CT scan, range of motion using inclinometers. The following are just some objective, valid, and reliable outcome measures for the neurological component of subluxation. SSEPs, DEPs, auditory and visual evoked potentials, thermal scanning, static and dynamic surface electromyography, HRV, algometry, computerized muscle testing. In addition, there are health-related quality of life surveys, such as the SF36 and or condition-specific surveys that are objective, valid, and reliable, and can be used to measure health outcomes following interventions to reduce or correct vertebral subluxations. In the field of public health, large networks are established for syndromic surveillance and newly conceived systems for tracking possible bioterrorism bioter outbreaks. Once a disease is identified as reportable, such as cancer or STDs, this information is transmitted immediately by emergency room personnel or practice-based physicians to these computerized networks. Similarly, medical insurance companies and managed care organizations maintain large centralized patient databases to monitor costs, comply with reporting requirements to regulatory agencies, and conduct market forecasting. In many instances, they use these powerful data sets to influence health policy reform. For example, tainted food or drugs with severe adverse effects, such as thalidomide, have been recalled by public health authorities as a result of such an oversight process involving centralized databases. Chiropractic has no such similar surveillance data nor infrastructure to gather it in regards to the very clinical entity for which it exists to manage. As a result, the profession does not know the incidence, prevalence, distribution, occurrence, and determinants of vertebral subluxation, while at the same time believing that it is a significant public health threat. The monitoring of public health threats, practitioner outcomes, choice of outcome measures, favorable and adverse events are the concern of all health professions because such monitoring allows the field to evolve newer strategies, procedures, 
and technologies while maintaining the highest assurance of quality in patient care. In an age of evidence-based healthcare, the need for central data repositories and linked clinical research sites is quickly becoming a standard that the profession must embrace. The community of chiropractors focused on vertebral subluxation is encouraged to develop models for surveillance of vertebral subluxation on a large scale. Data should be gathered from several geographical locations around the world to determine the global burden of vertebral subluxation, and depending on the magnitude of the burden, institute public health policy to address it as an important public health issue. These data are necessary to develop an evidence-informed worldwide public health communications plan centered on the need for screening and management of vertebral subluxation. This includes the development of a related training program in public health communications for practicing chiropractors. The writing of policy on the federal and state level is needed that explicitly includes and protects the management of vertebral subluxation as an important public health issue. This will involve assisting health policy experts to implement health policy related to vertebral subluxation. The provision of this evidence in regulatory environments will help ensure the adoption of regulations that support subluxation-centered practice and the public health and to reveal regulations that are detrimental to subluxation-centered practice and the public health. Beyond developing and compiling epidemiological and clinical evidence regarding vertebral subluxation and its perceived detrimental effects on populations, these efforts could provide the evidence needed to develop and provide information and resources for chiropractors, trade organizations, and associations to communicate the necessary public health messages for vertebral subluxation public health agenda in an evidence-based model.